Alright, hello everybody. So, I've been talking about this podcast for a while now. Um, it's a tough one. I've been wanting to just push this off and push this off. Um, but it kind of fell on the perfect week. It's uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So I figure what better month to put out a podcast about when Tucker got diagnosed with leukemia. Um, first out, just starting out this podcast, like, I don't, like, I did that one podcast about fear. I don't think people realize, though, that, like, this, being this person, like, feeling like you are almost supposed to do something and then, like, doing it, it's so scary. Like, there's no, it's, like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, why? Like, why did you commit yourself to this? Like, this whole week I've been reading through old like journal entries and kind of processing like the feelings of this that happened and it's like why do I like why do I feel obligated to get on here and talk and share all this and I can't help it because I I get so many positive messages from you guys like so many people reach out to me on my Facebook um it's Tyler Griffith or King of Corona but uh I love your positive messages um any reviews that you guys put on apple or spotify like it's just it's awesome to see that these podcasts and the stuff that i'm putting out there is being helpful so today i wanted to talk about when tucker basically got diagnosed with leukemia um so he got diagnosed with the it's called acute lymphocytic leukemia and so what's well, all lymphoblastic lympho it's, it's Basically, he got diagnosed where his white blood cells were kind of off and it wasn't fighting off his um, the infections and the disease. But I wrote a lot of uh, journal entries, so I just kind of wanted to start with a journal entry. Um, this is kind of it's really difficult for me to read, but this is back Sept- September 22nd, so... Looks like it's about two days prior to when he got diagnosed. But it just says, Words cannot begin to express the pain and sadness I have been feeling the last few days for my son Tucker. He is six years old and has always been so alive and fun and so, so sweet. He's definitely been the rare child that we haven't quite been able to figure out, but that is so refreshing that he is so unique and so himself. Which clearly reminds me of me. Um, He has always been someone I feel like I've been able to talk to, and I honestly feel like he gets what I'm saying, even if the subject seems to be too much and maybe over his head. I've loved, loved having him as my son, and have always said me and Jamie must be pretty special to have been blessed with him, Sophie and Austin. He really is such a joy and just always puts a smile on my face. Lately, his personality has shifted, and he has become more sensitive and more serious. He has been having both mental and physical discomforts and has been in excruciating pain. He tries to be so positive and upbeat, I think, to keep me and Jamie happy, but I think his pain has been really serious for at least a month now. We took Tucker to his pediatrician about a month ago, and the doctors thought he had growing pains. All of our friends on Facebook also made it feel made us feel pretty confident that that's what this was so we started trying things to relieve his pain 
and figure out ways to prevent, prevent him from hurting. About a month of him still having pains, and then fevers started to come on. The fevers made us worry because it didn't seem to go with growing pains. My brother-in-law, Sean, was very helpful in guiding us and knowing what to do next and how to find out what was really going on. Also, my ex, Jamie, um, her mom and grandma were very concerned about Tucker, and so they set up a meeting to go see one of those hemeopathic doctors, those natural doctors. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to stop reading for a second, but we went to this – we went to all these doctors – like so many doctors, so many tests, and it was like nobody really seemed to be trying to figure out like for real what was going on. Like it was so frustrating. It was like you couldn't explain the pain that Tucker was in. I actually like the night we finally took him in to get him diagnosed, like I recorded just the pain, like the screaming Like the screaming in my back seat of the car on the way to the ER. Re I recorded him just in case the doctors like, so I could show them. So I could show them like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is what we're going through right now. And it's, we need to figure out what's happening. So we went to this, this natural doctor and he ran his tests. And I don't know if you believe in those or not, but you put your fingers on like a, little pad and it sends like these signals through your body and then supposedly it hits like your like your organs and then shoots feedback and so he saw I still <laughs> told you this podcast is gonna be freaking impossible but I still remember being in that office and Just the look of concern on that doctor's face and his whole staff. It was like we were being treated like something was seriously wrong. It wasn't like, have a good day. It was like these like sad looks like, wow, like we've never seen. Well, we haven't seen that many come back like this. This is off the charts bad. So he gave us a bunch of supplements and was like, we're going to help start to get him better. But he gave us a few reasons. Nobody actually knows how leukemia is caused. He had thought possibly vaccinations could play into it. You get too many at once and it just sits there instead of um, circulating through your body, right? Like I'm not against vac vaccinations. I just think if you get too much put into you at once, it could build up and start to release toxins into your body. So he thought that was a possibility, but I don't want to speculate. Like, there's no point to speculate. Life is what it is. Like, things happen. If that's what it was, that's what it was. So you deal with the things as they come along. Um, but continue with my journal here. Um, let's see. So we basically took him into the doctor. They ran a bunch of tests. And things came back where they, they kind of were leaning towards like they thought it was arthritis. Um, I just remember me and Jamie, my ex, sat down on our couch. And it was the first time like me and her expressed like out loud 
are true concerns that it could possibly be cancer. It might be cancer, might be arthritis, but um, we kind of had to kind of had to come to the realization that it could be pretty bad. So Tucker, the next morning after like we did the test and everything was feeling great, and so we took him to Villa Pool. We went to the hot tub. He was six years old finally, so like they let you in the hot tub when you're six. So he's super excited. And then we were excited because he was feeling good. So we actually planned a date night with him. And we took Tucker to go see the Avengers Infinity Wars. Because Tucker loves like anything superhero. And so we got there. We were about probably 15 minutes into the movie. And his pain got so bad that we had to walk out of the theater. And this is when I put him in the backseat of my car. And we just decided to, to drive to the ER and like, this is when we decided we got to figure this out. Like, we have to figure this out. Um, but, so he was in the backseat. He was screaming for, like, I put in my journal, he was screaming for hours. And he was saying things to us like, am I going to die? Why is this happening to me? Can you help me get rid of this pain? Oh, this is why, like, I... <laughs> anyway, he got taken to the ER... And we just basically said, like, we're not going to leave until you tell us, like, we need to know what's wrong. Like, do every test you have to do. I don't care if I go bankrupt. Like, I don't care if we have to go to Denver. I don't care if you have to, like, whatever you have to do. Like, we can't keep going through this. So we went to the ER, got more tests. Um, if you're a parent, most of the time, like, nine out of ten times, like, your kid's going to have leg pain. It's going to be something that's not major. Like we've had a lot of friends reach out to us and have similar things that are going on, like the leg pain, and like occasionally there's been a couple kids that have like gotten a fever, but it's never come back to where it was actually cancer. And so, I mean, when you're when you're the one that gets the news that your kid's got cancer, it's like it's pretty shocking. But uh, anyway, so we go back to the ER, basically say we're not gonna leave. Um, and then they ran tests basically the entire night. Me and Jamie kind of switched off. I went home, took Austin and Sophie back to bed. And then Jamie called me in the morning because she spent the night there. And said that they basically narrowed it down to leukemia. So at that moment, that was the most real moment I've ever had. Like that into perspective life for me I had lost friends I had lost grandparents but like somebody this close to me like a possibility that and you don't understand cancer like you've just known so many people with cancer so I didn't know that much about leukemia um, so this ALL there was this ALL AML we still have to determine like what type of leukemia it was but at that moment like it's life is a real like a real thing it's this thing that's 
going to be gone. One day it's going to be gone. And so that puts into perspective, like, what are your beliefs? That's what kind of started me back out of the church. Because I had to basically realize, like, okay, like, what if worst case scenario happens? Like, what do, what are my beliefs? Is it going to bring me comfort? And I came to the conclusion that no, it's not going to bring me any comfort at all. And so you have these, like, moments in life where it, like, redefines you as a human being. So I had this very, very real moment um, where I just had to face this reality. And so then the next day we went to Denver, checked in. He got diagnosed on the 24th. So yesterday was his two-year anniversary of being diagnosed with cancer. And I just remember sitting in that hospital, and it's like the brain fog just, like, starts to begin. Just so you guys know, if you're listening, like, this is going <laughs> to this will end positive. I'm just like trapped in the emotions of like these days. And so if you go through this, like you're probably going to go through these emotions. Like it's almost impossible. You have a kid that you love and you have to watch them suffer and you can't do anything to help them. Like you are at the mercy of the doctors and everything else. And so um so we go to Denver and the pathologist basically sat Jamie and I down, and this is when they told us, like, straight up, this is leukemia, this is the plan, and, like, you ever, like, have those out-of-body experiences where you're, like, listening to somebody, and they're telling you something, and, like, for me, it's usually humor, like, I use humor as my escape, and so uh, this was, like, this moment where it wasn't appropriate to use humor, obviously, but I just was, like, out-of-body looking at myself, like, what what is life um i felt like a little bit relieved initially because she told us like the leukemia is curable 90 something percent of kids that get this if it's the all is it's curable and then this aml is a little bit more serious but it's like six months of treatment versus three years of treatment for the one that tucker actually has i just sat there and I just had like the next three years flash before my eyes. And I just remember sitting down and like, we're having to just like take a deep, deep breath. Just saw hours and hours of Tucker suffering and not being able to do anything to help him. And then I saw the worst part was just you look and you see the complete disappointment in Tucker's face that his mom and dad like you can't help him like we've been able to help him forever like we relieved the pain with epsom salt baths and with tylenol and with ibuprofen and with icing and with icy hot and with all the different things that we found that could relieve this pain and now it was just you are going to have to watch your kids suffer and so then the next just like week two weeks is just like oh so <laughs> So many pokes. It's a port. So, like, if you know anybody that has leukemia, a little kid, they'll do, like, an incision, right, like, on the chest, and they insert this port, and there's this little thing that runs and attached to the vein that goes into your heart. So that's they can have, like, better access um, to do the chemo and then draw the blood because it becomes, like, doing the arm pokes and the finger pokes and stuff just becomes a little bit too much. So when you're first going through this, it's multiple appointments per week. So six, remember, remember, he's six years old. So you're six years old. You know you're about to get poked. So 
the crying, the anticipation, the anxiety, the stress, like watching that week after week was just, it was no other way to describe it than like just excruciating. But there was this like little part of me. So like I've always been, I don't know if I've always been, maybe it's been just within the last couple years, but I've always tried to like find the silver lining to find the positive in things this was one where it was difficult but I just remember thinking like I can redefine life right now I'm excited to really finally know the true feelings of valuing life because at that moment was like okay like life is a gift what are you going to do with it so I was a little excited to spend quality time with the people that I love and stop giving time to things that didn't matter and just basically becoming like a better overall person. Um, and so definitely started to build this amazing relationship with Tucker and like our family started to get close and, um, it, I kind of wrote this other journal entry. Um, let's see here. Anyway, so I got cut off from my last one. I was looking for that journal entry. Um, but basically, I was just trying to paint a picture of what, what are the emotions? What's the emotions when you very first find out that, like, cancer is now part of your life? How do you deal with that? Like, what, where do you go from there? And so for me, it was this, like, battle to be positive Versus like falling into being negative. Um, just because I do feel like your life changes. Like you're in doctor's appointments. Like your work routine falls apart. Your gym schedule falls apart. Like you just have this new life. Like I have a journal entry called Life After Cancer. And I basically just put in there like my job. Um, it became difficult for me to pick up my phone and make phone calls. Like I'd get in people's houses because I'm a sales rep. I do... Now I'm kind of like a regional sales manager, but basically I sit with people in their homes and you could imagine like you just found out your kid had cancer. I remember sitting with people and talking to them and just like in the back of my mind, I was so disconnected from like caring about solar at that moment that I don't even know what I said. Like I didn't know what I said. Like my mind was just consumed with like Tucker and trying to get my life to a better spot. And I always talk about the law of attraction. Like, the law of attraction, I feel like, is very, very huge. And, like, I feel like I was just, when I left religion, I didn't know what to do anymore. And so I was just putting out, like, this negativity into the universe. And it was coming back. And, like, I started to blame myself for things. And, like, when Tucker got diagnosed, I had things, like, sins that I had buried deep inside of me like super far deep down inside of me and I started to make myself like I started to feel like I was responsible like my actions and my um everything that I had done was like God was basically like here like you because like of everything you've done like here's a punishment for you 
And so I would say that people ask me all the time, like, are you mad at God? Like, does it make you mad at God? And I would say to people, like, I am, like, I became just curious with God. Like, why? Like, why? Like, and I have a very unique relationship with God. It's more of like a, like you feel like it's a feeling, like it's a feeling, it's an energy. And so you can kind of feel like when you, what you're doing is right and what you're doing is wrong. And so for me, like for whatever reason, I had this overwhelming like feeling of like, you have to come clean about things that you've done in your past and you have to tell and like I don't want to get into details. Like let's just say it was something I had to go talk to. Let's just say it was like pretty. It was pretty hard. Like I dumped a lot on my ex-wife's plate. Like she just found out her six-year-old had cancer, and then I dumped like something I didn't like. I didn't know if I should do it. I had basically decided like I'm going to tell her before he got diagnosed with cancer. And then when he got diagnosed, it switched everything. And I kind of was like, maybe this is something that like I never come out with. Maybe this is something that just gets buried, 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 buried. And I decided like that's not – I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't hide certain things that were in my past. And I just kind of started to weigh out the options like do you tell – do you tell now or do you wait until after everything's better or worse or – whatever happens in the future and then come out and like drop this bomb. And so in my head, I basically was just like, let's just go through this whole shit storm all at once. And so dumped, just, just want to apologize. Like just say sorry to Jamie. Just say like, it's too much. It was too much for you to handle. It was too much. And I don't even know that you listened to this, but um, just want everybody to know that like your past, like if you have a good heart and you do things like you betray somebody's trust or you do something that's just wrong like I can't I don't know how you hide from that like I think alcohol and drugs and things will keep you from filling the feelings but it's always there so for me I feel like it's important to live your life in a way where you don't you don't get to a point that I was at like I wrote this song that's called Don't Let It Happen to You. And it's basically like the lyrics of the song just talk about like how I got my life to this dark place and I was tangled up in this mess. And then when I needed to be there and be this strong like figure that like I couldn't because I I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. And so just I would just urge people to just make sure you honor your like if you're in a relationship your relationship's important like don't do anything to jeopardize that like even if you guys are fighting like go to counseling never step outside of your marriage and do something that's like you're gonna regret because i don't know i know i have a few people i've talked to in life that seem to not have a conscience but deep down i don't believe them i think we all do i think we're all inherently really good people but anyway um so this diagnosis started to bring out like all this like feelings of like guilt in myself and this and so um anyway I came out with the stuff and then the next couple years just became like very difficult but we did a really good job being there for our kids um we've always put our kids first always put Tucker first always put Sophie and Austin first and um we've always had 
seen things differently, a little bit differently, but um, anyway, the life after cancer, I had moments where it was just like I was just just angry, um, just stressed, just so much anxiety, like depression, and like those are all normal feelings that you're going to go through if this happens to you. Like there's no way to avoid that, but what's going to get you through this is support. Like I've never really been one for like support groups and counseling and that type of stuff, but I just wanted to say like thank you, like thank you so much to the people in my church. Like I know we have different beliefs and I kind of left and it's hard to know what I'm thinking all the time because I flip-flopped, but I just really appreciate everything that was done for our family. Um, it I can't can't even express like how much gratitude I have in my heart for the money that was raised for us for the like all the blankets that were brought over like Josh Johnson I don't know if you listen to this but like amazing Alyssa Manzetti um, just all the meals that got brought to us and I've, I'm sorry also that I was just in this like fog like I probably wasn't very warm I just was so in my head, so scared, so just just trying to put on a front and talk to you and pretend like I'm super positive, man. Look at me. Like nothing can get to me when in reality I'm like terrified laying in my bed at night, like shaking and crying. And like you don't know how many nights I've had where I just sat there and bawled, like cried my eyes out and just been worried about Tucker and just watching him go through all the pain that he's gone through. And so the support is, it's crazy. Like the make a wish trip, most amazing experience ever going to universal and Hollywood. And I think that's what's called Hollywood studios and Disney and sea world and all paid for. And just the helpers and the volunteers and everybody there, like the cafeteria was just full of volunteers. Like they had more volunteers at that place than this is the place we stayed at. The, I think it's called the Give Kids the World. No, that's not it. It's called a. I'll do a. I'll do a podcast on the on the Make a Wish. But there's probably more volunteers at these places than people. Like, (laughs) this is so awesome. Like, people are good. People are good people. There's no way to avoid bad things happening in life. But there is so much good in the world and if you're focused on the good and you start to like focus on that you start to see that like life is a mental state it really honestly is two books i would read if you're victim mentality and you're feeling like life is just out to beat you down is the untethered soul really good book that just kind of disconnects you from your like your negativity and makes you see things from a really awesome perspective. And then the secret, the secret's just focused on like law of attraction, just positive energy. If you, I swear to you, like anybody I've ever recommended that book to that follows along and like just tries to put positive vibes out there. Like it even works with money. Like if you're, if you think about money in a certain way, like if you have this like scarcity mindset, then you're just living paycheck to paycheck and it's hard. If you have this like abundant mindset, it's crazy how many things just connect and come together. And um, 
life doesn't have to be as difficult as you make it and it really is like use these experiences use things that happen in your life like this diagnosis changed me as a person changed Tucker as a person changed Sophie Austin Jamie like it changed all of us and I would like to say all of us have changed for the better like I know me and me and Jamie got divorced and we had like we had a lot of history with a lot of stuff this going through this is just like I said, I dumped additional stuff on her plate that she didn't need. But basically, like, you have to grow. Like I've said, I'm a huge advocate for, like, making things right, doing the right thing, um, even if it's the hard thing. Like, it, it's, uh, like, it sucks. Like, making things right that you've screwed up, is it's hard. Like, you know you're setting yourself up to go through a shit storm. But sometimes it's just, it's important to do. But I just wanted to say, like, thank you to everybody that's been there for us. Um, this podcast, like I said, it's, I have so many journal entries and so many things, like so many positive ones, so many negative ones. I'll probably come back and maybe do like a, a future podcast about this. But just wanted to put this out there and just let people know that like time does heal wounds time is on your side like tucker is in remission he has he's had a rough go like he's been thrown up lately he's got rashes on his face and like his feet are split open and i mean it's it's a lot and like it doesn't go away and even now with my work and stuff you still get kind of it's hard not to get in this like weird mental state because you're feeling you just consume with these thoughts about your kid but just know, like, just have faith. <laughs> just listen to that little feeling. Listen to the feelings inside of you. Like, listen to it. And if you keep coming back to it, like, make the big decisions. Do the things that are going to push you forward. And try to keep, try to keep like, relationships that are meaningful. Um, it is important to have people that have your back, that support you. And just know that that you're not alone like you're not alone in what you're going through so many people have this diagnosis so many people have hard things going on so many people lose kids and lose family members to tragic accidents and just know that you're not alone we're all going through hard times i'm putting this stuff out there just to try to relate with you guys and just so you can see kind of inside the ropes inside the curtains of of somebody's life in a real way where it's not sugar-coated, where I'm just being really, really honest with you guys. And so hopefully you guys appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great weekend and love you all.